CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ugh. Yes, I feel like I've never been more comfortable with the man I decided to marry. <laughs> you know, but I think there are even levels of... of getting to know one another you could not have foreseen you didn't know you didn't sign up to be married to someone in a pandemic that's true they weren't it was not in my vows i didn't sign up the vow i didn't sign up for a pandemic or to get branded exactly thank you very much if everyone's keeping up with the vow wow 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 oh wow the vow it is just unbelievable how lost you can get uh, and it seems to be a real symptom of being white, white and <laughs> it's like the whitest there. These people are like the whitest people ever. They're like, oh, my mom was a princess, a literal princess. It's like, you know how you hypnotize people to be in your cult? Ask them to play volleyball with you. <laughs> no one sees it coming that way. I, I know. I I just can't believe they're just the whole thing reeks of privilege and that people are really bored of having so much privilege so they need to climb that self-improvement ladder yeah and so they create problems the next thing you know you're you're blowing a dude wearing a headband holding a volleyball seriously and i'm not and i don't know these the lives of these people but i'm just like have any of them waited a table ever no i guarantee none I, I, I do not think that servers end up in cults. I'm going to say we have bullshit detectors yeah. like no other. That's a good theory we should explore. Whether like that is a really good theory to be like, do you have the mental capacity if you can handle the kind of bullshit that like tables like put you through? Like, can you be susceptible to cult activity? Right. I think the answer is no. No. You know, I think the answer is no, because. Okay, we'll put it out there. Any of you servers listening, do you know any other servers or bartenders bartenders who uh, joined any cult-like sort of club or meetup? We're sincerely curious. Are you yourself currently in a cult? And just did you bring out your phone that's a secret phone and you're driving to the grocery store and it's the only time you get to listen to a podcast and you listen to ours? Is that your life? <laughs> What what I what I can say is after you pick up the groceries, keep driving and yeah. don't go back. If you need help, message us. I've got a spare bedroom. Anyways. Welcome to Side Work Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. 
Yes, and today we are doing another very special, very, very fun server-submitted episode yeah. where you you guys sent amazing stories and we picked a handful that flow really well together and we're going to read them back to you. Hooray, what fun. All right, before we jump into your stories, you guys, uh, just a few quick things. Did you register to vote? Mm-hmm. Do it. VoteSaveAmerica.com. Make a plan to vote. Okay. All right, this is mom giving you a list of things to do, okay, listeners? (laughs) We also would love any horror stories surrounding your restaurant. It can be a kidnapping, a murder, working in an old establishment that's haunted. We want to hear them, and we're going to put them together for a special two-parter Halloween episode. A spooky bar fly, you know, anything like that. A terrible (laughs) Yelp review. (laughs) (laughs) Someone wor- someone who worked at a bonefish grill. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys, we never remember to ask you to do this at the top of the show. But if you've been enjoying what you're hearing so far, please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. We're Smash starting to those climb stars. Smash those exactly. five stars. Um, We are starting to climb some charts, which is really great. And it helps when you subscribe and uh, write what you like about us on the old uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts situation. Okay. And then last thing, Andrea, this is so exciting, right? I'm, 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 I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about it. I'm so thrilled. This is a long time coming. We're ready to do it, but we have a Patreon, you guys. Whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's a Patreon? Now, what this means. What is a Patreon, What's a Patreon? Okay, so this is a way that you can support your favorite podcast, Side Work, right? And for very few dollars a month, we're talking about like $2, maybe $5. If you could go up to 10 wonderful. We're putting it out there so that we can keep the lights on uh, here over at Side Work. And what you get is more content from us, more access to us, depending on the tier of participation and donation that you want to make on a monthly basis. Um, So it's really exciting. You guys can go to patreon.com. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Side Work. And you'll find us and you'll find out more about how you can hang out with us. We're going to start doing um, sort of Zoom uh, server group therapy shift drink hangouts. And at a certain level, you can join us to do that once a month. We're going to get creative. And we also want your feedback. Like you tell us what you want and we'll add it to the tiers. And so it's it's definitely a little bit of a pay to play. But we feel great about it because we've never put an ad in a single episode nope. and we do this all for the love, but we would love to uh, get paid after almost two years of doing this. Shoot shoot us some tips, you guys. And we'll also put that link in our uh, bio on the old Instagram. So it's easy just to click on and you can check out all those options that we will be offering. It's going to be super fun. And I'm just really excited to keep the old side work family growing and expanding with more and more fun. (laughs) It also means merch is on the way. Because that's one of of the prizes for the, uh, for the, um, what a, oh, we call the top tier right now f- uh, floor captain. You're a floor <laughs> captain if you can support at $10 a month. Uh, there will be free merch for you. Woo-hoo-hoo. So, okay. Exciting news, you guys. Um, well, let's get into the show. All right. First 
story. We have a couple coming in in response to last week's episode of being injured on the job. So you guys responded, sent back your stories, and here's our first one. Hello, Brooke and Andrea. I listened to the recent episode about workplace injuries, and I wanted to write back and say that I appreciate you both for reading that tough email about differing politics and bartending. I remember that. I do too. Sorry for such a heavy handed question, but I really value your response and it was really encouraging. Thank you again for reading and answering that question. I was a bit drunk when writing it. It's like, Uh, fine, we don't expect anything more or less. You be you, Garrett, because it's Garrett again. Um, I also wanted to write and say in that until I heard both of you talking about the server vein, I always thought it was just (laughs) bad genetics (laughs) mixed with working on my feet all the time. Been working in customer service for nearly half my life now. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one with a server vein issue. <laughs> no real question or story this time, but I do have a small haunting story I'll be submitting soon. Hell yeah. yes. Just wanting to say how much I appreciate the work you both do and the laughs you bring to the table. Pun intended. Godspeed and good tips, Garrett. Oh, Garrett. Thank you again for writing us. That's fantastic. And, you know, I think we're just going to have a lot of people starting to rock their server vein. I'm going to take a picture of mine, uh, put it on, on, you know, our Instagram. If you want to send me a picture of yours, we're going to have hashtag server vein pride. Okay. Mm -hmm. Totally. Rock the vein. Don't feel like you can't wear shorts. You earn those veins, baby. They're bulging out because they want to be seen. Those veins have something to say. I rock. Okay, so we have an official correspondent from Sacramento. Uh, He's named himself that, and that's fine. And he goes by (laughs) Mean Old Man Taggart. All right, so he writes, Hello, dames. I work for a family of bars and nightclubs. Three years ago, I had two seizures working inside a nightclub. The second seizure caused me to fall and break my clavicle the long way. Oh, Oh, fuck. Jesus. I have to I had to think I have to think about that. That's horrible. I that, it's not good. Okay. No. Okay. Mean old man Taggart, yowzers, that had to hurt. Okay. So he says, since then, my boss won't let me work inside, but only at our various bars and club patios. Okay. I don't know the really the rationale behind that but we'll we'll talk about it in a minute okay so he says best three years working in the service industry i'm an outside cat and love me a good old bar so i guess it worked out in his favor so so here's a hot tip everyone he says for cuts i keep one-time use crazy glue packets in my bartending kit just remember to do a series of dots so the wound can weep otherwise you can seal in an infection Oh God, oh we're God. all such MacGyvers. Was, well, it sounds like Taggart was also like a nurse practitioner in Nam, like this, or right? <laughs> make sure the wound can weep. Lastly, I worked at a straight dive bar for two years. No politics and no religion. My go-to would be to say something polarizing about sports, like how the Atlanta Falcons don't suck as much as they used to. I'm super gay and don't care about sports, but let the old farts <laughs> debate that between themselves. He says, thank you for all the work you do. Permanently injured. Official Sacramento, co- official Sacramento correspondent, mean old man Taggart. <laughs> This is oh, so interesting no. to be like, you're not allowed to come inside anymore because you keep breaking things. <laughs> you keep breaking your bones and clavicles. 
<laughs> for those not aware, the clavicle is, is your decolletage. How do you say that? Your delicatage. Yeah, but yes. Also, this just in the Falcons just fired their coach because they suck so bad. The Atlantic Falcons. I'm, nice. I was just made aware of. So that's a sick burn. <laughs> and on this podcast, that's a double entendre. Sick burn. Yeah. Also, ew, ew, sick burn. Ew, <laughs> look at that sick burn. <laughs> And we got one more response. And uh, Andrea, this is from Bree Well. Oh, who's yay. We love our Bree. Buddy. Bree's old school. I, she's old school. She's she's an OG. Um, I want to just do a little trigger warning because this story is gruesome. Yeah. Uh, so just be prepared. Yep. Andrea, will you do the honors? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. You've been warned, guys. All right. So 78 years ago, I was working at a luxury hotel as a line cook. And I remember I was working insane overtime in the restaurant, but also in banquets. I think I had just worked a nine day stretch and I was going to have my day off the next day. Whew, that's a lot. It was the end of the banquet we had to run and everything went fine. I was sharpening my knife on my steel and I slipped. <laughs> Before I knew it, my thumb was opened up like a snake's mouth and all, and all I saw was the bone. Okay, I see. Okay. Oh, wow. The only thing I had... <laughs> The only thing I had near me was a dirty, raw chicken-covered towel. Mm -hmm. I grabbed it. No one was around, so I went in the office, and I said, I think I have to go to the hospital. And the guys are like, I know, man. I'm sure it's fine. And then they took one look and were like, oh, God, all right, yeah, she's got to go. <laughs> So me and my Suze are in downtown Pittsburgh waiting for a cab with my hand wrapped in a towel when I realize I can't move my thumb at all. I start to panic. My Sue is saying, oh, it's probably just swollen from trauma. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> He's trying to look, you'll be fine. You're good. Keep looking oh. me in the eyes, you know? <laughs> all right. We go with that. I get to the hospital. They check me in and then they take a look and rush me to the back where they have to clean it. Give me a fucking tetanus shot because there were tiny metal pieces in my bone. <laughs> and then they told me I completely severed my tendon, damaged my bone and damaged the nerves in my hand and that I would need surgery to repair it immediately. Surgery went fine. Two days later, I was out for two months and I did two months of physical therapy. Whew. My thumb's not what it used to be, but I'm thankful to have use of it at all, is what Bree says. Holy sh okay. shit. Also, one of the guys made fun of me back at the hotel talking about how stupid it was. <laughs> what an asshole. Then he stabbed himself in the stomach while opening a Christmas present from his mom and had to go to the hospital. Never cut towards yourself, kids. Karma. Chef's kisses. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bree Welk. Woof, woof, woof. That's amazing. That's a that, like, huge that a guy, injury. A, that is, and thank God she did send a photo, but it was an after, all stitched up, <laughs> looking Frankenstein. I mean, I don't think you usually take a photo of what happened to you while you're in pure shock and no. horror. No. Thank God, you know. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, I mean, chefs are usually handling the way scarier knives servers you know we're dealing with our little like lime cutting knife and you know they are around but our injuries 
usually don't go down to the bone, although James did share a story that he cut himself clean on a sharp piece of glass. Oh, you guys. Okay. All right. I mean, Brian, well, Brian told his story where he yes. crushed the tip of his finger, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. oh it's so intense. Oh, yeah. It's so intense. <laughs> Great stuff. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for following up to last week's episode about injuries. So we are going to dive into the meat of our server submitted episode today. And uh, I will start out with an oldie, but a goodie. This one's been in there for a few months and uh, it's going to take us back a ways. All right. We ready? Mm-hmm. All right. First story. Greetings. I've never been in the service industry because I know I would never survive. That being said, I love the podcast and have been binging it hardcore. I really enjoyed the episode on Yelp. That was a good one. I used to work night shifts at a psych hospital and had a lot of downtime, so I started yelping. (laughs) Before I knew it, I gained elite status and started going to the elite events. That's when I started seeing Yelp's ugly side. Every month, the community manager would organize an event at a different spot where the elites would get free food and booze. Each time, she had to send out multiple reminders for attendees to bring cash and tip the waitstaff and bartenders. I can't even imagine how often these idiots had to be reminded to do that. Anyways. So she says, the last event I went to, people were positioning themselves in front of the kitchen. So when a server came out, they could swoop in and grab whatever was being served right off the tray. The server didn't get five steps out of the kitchen before they had to turn right back around. It was a sad sight and I didn't get to taste anything that night because I wasn't going to stoop to that level. I, I also got sick of seeing reviews for rides at our local amusement park and bridges. Fucking bridges. Come on. <laughs> People yelping bridges just to become elite. So she says, I stopped yelping and deleted my account, but I still use it to find new restaurants. I always look at the one to two star reviews first to weed out the shitheads complaining about waiting 45 minutes for a table on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Good girl. That's using your head. So she goes on. Y'all almost lost me when calling parents selfish for going out to eat with their families. This is a throwback. This is our episode on kids. Mm -hmm. She says, being a mother is the most selfless thing you can do. Nothing is about you anymore. So if I want to go to my favorite restaurant and can't find a sitter or the sitter backed out, you better believe I'm going with and I will not get it to go because I need to get the fuck out of the house for two hours. Deal with it. I do realize people are assholes and let their kids run around like little heathens. And yes, they should stay home and teach their kids some manners and social skills before going out. I get it. But please don't shit on all parents for wanting a nice meal that doesn't consist of the crust cut off their kids' sandwiches. (laughs) Lastly, I'm curious how you feel about restaurants that go completely tip-free. A few places here in Pittsburgh have implemented a no-tip policy while paying their staff livable wages. Would this be appealing to you? What are your thoughts? Sorry for the lengthy email. Stay awesome, October. Awesome. Well, first of all, there's a, yeah, there's there are many things to talk about. First and foremost, Yelp. Yeah, that that elite experience is super crazy. I knew a couple of people people who were elite Yelpers, and I was just I was like, this is crazy what they're doing. They're exploiting it's crazy. everything. <laughs> You're exploiting everything and what you are getting so micro that you're like reviewing. You're like the mailbox on my corner like has a Yelp review so that you can hit your number of things you review to then go get appetizers off of a tray. And, you know, I hope you can sleep at night anyways. 
Uh, I'm glad you recognize that October because it does get to be so nitpicky and no way to live your life. And yeah, come on. If, if you're my favorite thing, oh my God, who... Oh, we were talking to Beth Stelling forever ago when she's like, yeah, I like someone yelped the Grand Canyon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it's not as, it's not as big as I thought it would be. I just One have to, star. if I just keep yelping holes, I get invited to this really exclusive party, um, which is why I girl. yelped my own butthole, actually. Uh, <laughs> and I got invited to a party because of it. Um, talking about kids, look, this is just our trauma. We uh, obviously understand all parents are doing an amazing job raising their kids. You know, we come from a place where we've had terrible examples of children in restaurants right. time and time again. But at the same time, and I think we actually have said it, there are angels. There are kids out there that don't cause trouble. You know what I mean? They don't. So I think it was just us going there. And October, it's not even about the kids needing to be perfect like at the end of the day it is our job as servers to eat shit you know it is your right to come in as a customer and yeah. have a great meal with kids uh, you know I, I think a lot of opinions specifically since it was an episode we did a long time ago about kids to be fair you have never been a server we have we're not actually against you coming in but for the sake of our podcast we were absolutely egging on the um you know the sentiment that waiting on kids is the worst yeah so. it's absolutely like just it's entertainment <laughs> entertainment value but we hear you we respect you we totally get it and absolutely. get back get back to me when i have a kid and i will absolutely be singing your tune <laughs> um so talking about like uh, restaurants that are going tip free i i know restaurants that do that and you know what's going to happen when that happens is food's going to be more expensive uh drinks are going to be more expensive and there actually just might be like some sort of service fee added on which is like basically gratuity um to pay everyone a living wage i'm all for it. We talk a lot on this podcast about one fair wage um, and servers and bartending's front of house, even back of house, like making a higher mm -hmm. tiered hourly pay um, to be on the level of being like above a poverty line. So I'm very much for it. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that as well. I, I think there's the fear because you get so addicted to the abil uh, ability to maybe have like a $300 night, but then you're not factoring in the like the slow shifts you had. And so to actually have right. a salary, it all works out in the wash. And there's so much... I just think comfort that comes with being able to have a budget and knowing what your year is going to look like. And if you want to earn more on the side and go gig on top of that. But I think it'd be lovely if as a server, you're like, I'm going to make 60K this year. Totally. And a lot of these uh, establishments, you know, if we're talking like places, I don't know, like the rest of the fucking world that like doesn't. Mm -hmm have a tipping system like Europe you're getting like a livable wage and then tables are always tipping you on top of it so there's still always going to be a tipping like addition like if I went to a place where there was no tip I'm sure we'd all still like throw 10% down or something or I mean it depends on the night you know that's just kind of how it goes I would leave a handful of Werther's Originals <laughs> I almost <laughs> I almost spit water all over my <laughs> It's a good day. It's. I think that's the second spit take that's almost happened in today's recording. So we're having a very fun <laughs> afternoon so far. Next story. 
Hi, guys. I've been listening since episode one, and I want to congratulate you on joining the Last Podcast Network. Thank you. I'm 23 and I've been serving for about two years, but my first restaurant job was when I was 16. It was a tiny Florida town, the type of town where when you met someone new, I always added whose daughter I was. And the place was owned by a husband and wife. It was a nightmare restaurant to work at, especially for a 16-year-old. I worked both expo and hosting. The husband was a chef and a complete pervert and was my boss when I worked expo. But when I hosted, I worked under his insane wife. One day I was working in the kitchen and the chef was yelling through the window to the servers describing in detail the sex he and his wife had the night before. I'm going to repeat. I was 16. One day my friend who was 17 was working and the chef took a spatula and ran it up her butt and said, you know, since I can't touch it with my hands because you aren't 18. Holy shit. I hate this guy. Another day, the wife yelled at me because she thought I was supposed to be at work. I was on a team at school and had practice. We had made an agreement until the season was over that I would work every Wednesday and every other Friday. This Friday was off, but practice was canceled. So I hung around after school for a bit before heading home. I lived about an hour from school. So when I had a cell signal, I called work to tell her practice was canceled. And if she needed like any last minute shifts to be picked up, I could do it. She responded by screaming, you were supposed to be here 30 minutes ago. That's what I think she sounds like. And I told her, no, it was my Friday off. To that, she said, still yelling, if you need to day off, you need to request it off. I think I'm doing a spot on impression of her, by the way. You're killing it. (laughs) And I reminded her of our every other Friday agreement that we'd been doing for almost two months. Her response was to hang up on me. I ended up going in to see if I was needed because she hung up. And after all that, she sent me home. For the next few weeks, she iced me out and would tip other hostesses more and claim it was because she did more work for them. Oh, hell no. This lasted until the other hostess messed up and took the heat off me. Jesus. This, she's putting up with too much. I have things to say, but I'm going to finish the story first. Get there. Let's get there. This restaurant also served the same fish for their flounder and their catfish fillets. Yum. They would also sell fresh, finger quotes, oysters on the half shell, but would reuse the oyster shells that are sent through the dishwasher and placed pre-packaged oysters back <gasps> in the reused half shells. <laughs> I saw them drop food on the floor multiple times and throw it into the oil while stating, the hot oil will kill any bacteria. We all know that. That's science. (laughs) I'm sure I have more terrible memories from this place, but they're just repressed. You never forget your first job. Signed, Jessica from Florida. Oh boy! Oh God! This, Sixteen. Uh, she she put up with too much. I can't fucking believe it. I mean, obviously she knows that she's learned like so much, but when you're that age, you just like I think you just put up with shit because you think you have to because people are telling you what to do all the time anyway. You know. I also think there's probably a slew of high school aged girls because at, you know when you're that age you don't question authority very easily yet you know and you also don't know what's what in a restaurant and I think 
an environment like that thrives on someone who doesn't know how a restaurant should work. Because if they did, they'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, they'd be reported so fast. So I I think the, the secret sauce of this crazy husband wife restaurant was hiring young, uneducated, unaware girls. I mean, I think that's just kind of like when you live in small towns or like the suburbs and you're young, that's just these, those are the jobs you get is to bus and host and like create gross shit happens. Like, and we've all seen the movie waiting. We all know what happens. We've all seen it. And probably if you're saying the town is this small, you don't want to rock the boat because it would get around to everybody in the town. You know, what sort of trouble you were causing at this, you know, crazy restaurant. where Those two are fucking crazy. All that girl did was like say she needed a day off. And then they I don't know. I think those two are fuckers. And I hope that the restaurant is shut down. Jessica, you're the best. We love you. And I'm sorry that, you know, you had to dredge up these memories from the past, but we're happy to support you emotionally on the podcast. I can't believe I made it. All right, here we go. Hey, ladies, huge fan of the pod, discovered it a few weeks ago and have listened to almost all of your episodes. Anyway, here is the story. I worked in a pretty niche segment of the restaurant industry, and that is a late night cookie shop that primarily targets college kids. Mm -hmm. It was called Insomnia Cookies in Bowling Green, Ohio. Midwest, what up? Bowling Green already had a cookie shop. So when Insomnia moved in, they started a war that, you know, I never cared about, (laughs) but had to listen to every drunk dick say some shit about how the cookie jar is like better. Like I give a fuck. I started off as a delivery driver in a college town, so I made okay cash, but nothing amazing. I was cool with the manager and ended up getting promoted to shift manager the next year, which meant that I closed a lot of nights and would leave at like 3.30 a.m. Damn. For a cookie shop. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Okay. One particularly rough night was right before the Black Swamp Arts Fest. Okay, Ohio. Let's pause real quick. That sounds like a like a men's rights meetup sort of black swamp arts fest. That I don't sounds- know. It sounds like gothy to me personally. I'm like it's like southern and gothy and yeah. I'm just picturing like Duck Dynasty motherfuckers rolling up for this festival and then the art is honestly just taxidermy. Okay. <laughs> So he said, uh, I had to drive to work and find a spot to park on the street because it was so crowded with all the out-of-towners and students out on the strip for the Black Swamp Arts Fest. I closed that night after a flurry of drunks had destroyed my shop, and then it takes forever to close. I get out at about 3.45 and can't seem to find my car. I found a couple of police waiting in a lot on a golf cart. They said all the cars on the street were towed at 3.30 a.m. my God, fuck my life. I know, right? Taken by the fucking college town towing mafia. I have something to say about them. I was insanely (laughs) pissed and ended up paying $130 to get a taxi to the towing place to get my car back. Whoa. When I got to the tow yard, they were just taking it off the truck. I ended up leaving that job after our previous district manager, who was spacey but cool, got promoted, and the new guy just sucked. Otherwise, I like the company, and the cookies are worth a shot. Hey, hot tip. They make a great sugar cookie. Yeah, we'll be sure to get on a plane and come to Bowling Green for a sugar cookie. Okay, uh, so he goes on. 
I'm now an urban planner in Indianapolis and would love to talk to you guys about the urban form and its relation to restaurants. Okay. I'm currently thinking about doing a study comparing different types of food halls, which I would love to hear your experience about if either of you have worked in them. Sorry for the long email, but hope you enjoyed. Godspeed and good tips. Nick Badman. Ugh. Okay, we need to start with an all-night cookie shop. Oh yeah, these have been open for a while. I've heard, really? I've seen insomnia. Yeah, they just plant in college towns or like around colleges. Like in, they're in like Lincoln Park. There's one uh, around DePaul area, and that's they just cater to drunk college kids or if you're up all night studying and you need like a sugar rush, like that's their deal. Wow, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, what what a horrible mix. Like what a cross section of college life. Like you said to have someone who's working, you know, on on a um Oh, what are those called? A term? Uh, fuck, I'm a ter- not a term paper. A thesis. Yeah, a term paper. A thesis. You know, something <laughs> crazy, and they're like all stressed out, dead sober. You know, and they're like, I just ate a cookie so I can get through the night, and then just a slew of drunk, googly-eyed cookie monster eating motherfuckers who are like, ah, cookie. Yeah. Or like they, from what he said, you can get them delivered to your dorm. Yowzers. I mm-hmm. mean, for me, okay, right away, I'm very repulsed by this because I am <laughs> such a savory, savory snack sort of drunk. I want pizza. I want chips. I love how, you know? like, personally, you're taking this. <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking the existence of this late night cookie shop extremely personally. Yeah, absolutely. And but I, can you can you imagine the crumbs everywhere every shift? I mean, I just can't imagine like working such a long fucking day and then coming out to my car and it's towed. I would be like, I couldn't. I'm just that is some shit. That is some fucking mercury retrograde. Everyone's against me. Nothing can go right. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day shit. <laughs> Absolutely. That's like when Kyle had that Valentine's shift where she came back out and a delivery van had just taken off the front of her yeah. fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that- then you're like, yeah, fuck this place. Bye. But yeah, good. I mean, this is the kind of job I think, too, where you're like, you probably don't last that long there, you know, kind of. But especially I- if it's I- in the car. Oh, I was going to say, I will absolutely attest to the fact that in college towns, the the tickets are just like, it's a fucking blood sport. It's so, oh, yeah. like, you, everything is like 15 minute parking tops. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the meters expire constantly. Kids are running late for class. And so they'll, you know, park somewhere where they shouldn't, where they yeah. know damn well. The meter's going to expire. I got arrested in front of a handful of friends who were walking by and they were like, hey, Brooke. And then they were like, what the fuck? Because I had cops were putting me in the back of the car. Over oh, parking f- tickets? Oh, because you had a warrant. Because I had a warrant. Yes, that's how. I mean, listen. Sure. I didn't pay the meter and then I got the tickets and I didn't pay those either but they ticketed too much it's a fucking towing mafia yeah yeah, it's total it's a it's a it's a game that they're playing there it's a hustle it's a yeah what they make it a racket a racket that's another word and i here's something i will say when the when the cops get you and you say can i just meet you at the police station the answer is no and i (laughs) (laughs) um 
I would tell you, you know, if you're an urban planner in Indianapolis now, Nick, maybe more parking uh, for college kids, if that's even a downtown thing. It is interesting to talk about, like, urban form and its relation to restaurants. Like, I I mean, I think there's more restaurants in cities, right? Isn't that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've talked about the design of restaurants in the sense of like decor and styles. But yeah, I never really stopped to think about optimal flow and how some places absolutely do not get that right. And, you know, what might make a space feel really good um, and invite like chi flowing in the windows because someone made it architecturally very functional. Right. But I think like in the urban form, I think this is like a really broad, like broadly oh, stroked okay. question in my opinion, because I think if we're talking, you're talking about that, but I'm talking about like, or where my brain goes is thinking more like gentrification and things too. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot to cover with that. Um, but Ooh, you know, if you yeah. have anything more specific, Nick, please um, let us know. But I think um, doing a study about comparing different food halls, you know, we talked about food halls, um, which are definitely popping up a ton. Omaha has like two really nice food halls now, actually. One is in a fucking mall. But it, what's the cool thing about it is it's like all these really fun restaurants that like maybe you wouldn't even see in this place. Like you can get ramen and sushi and there's a fun bar and you can get fun cocktails. Like in a fucking mall is pretty great. And then there's a second one um, in a cooler neighborhood regardless. But I think they're popping up more. And what we talked about now, especially with lots of restaurants closing due to COVID, it's like things like food halls is a way to facilitate rent share for lots of restaurants. Mm -hmm. So overhead is a lot less, but you're still churning out the same great product. So I think food halls are the future, man. I think it's a great idea. As someone who is personally in the early stages of putting together a food pop-up. Uh, yeah, we haven't oh, discussed this. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it uh, after this. At a, at a food hall? or There is one opening down the street from me in the Verdugo Plaza. Ah, very fun. Very smart. Yeah, and so I'm looking into getting a food license and... Wow. I don't know. I don't know how else to uh, make money, but I think I think I could do have a little tiny uh, food stand uh, and then I'm looking into a truck. But we'll see. Wow. Wow. Look at all this. I know. Well, things I are mean, being revealed. If anybody's got any food truck experience or advice for Brooke, please send it her way. I'm sure she would love to hear that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But we'll talk. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk after the episode. Um, but yeah, food halls, I'm all in because I don't really have the overhead and I don't want my own brick and mortar. I think COVID is making things a little too scary right mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, Nick. All right, guys, next story. Hi, ladies. I've been listening to Sidework for about two weeks now and started from the beginning. I'm currently listening to the January slump, and it's (laughs) so strange and kind of funny to hear theme predictions. It's true. I basically only listen to your podcast because it's so funny and distracting from these difficult times. I am constantly laughing and it brightens up my day. Ah, thank you. God, January slump. That's a long time ago. Anyways, I don't exactly have a sober submitted story, but I did work at a Grater's ice cream for a few months and I worked at Target off and on for a few years. These are absolutely server experiences and serving in an industry (laughs) that is, that is, yeah. I worked at Grader's while pregnant and it was heaven. (laughs) 
It got difficult towards the end to clean freezers uh, because I had this giant basketball in front of me, but I got through it. When my son was born, the nurse said I must have had had a lot of calcium because his nails were so thick and strong. And I just laughed and said, yep, I did. (laughs) Graders was great while I was pregnant because I worked during the day and we weren't ever busy while I was there. And the majority of the customers were great. I also worked at Target while pregnant, and that was a different story. I always felt like people were judging me. One time I was folding clothes, and a lady walked by and looked me up and down, then walked a few feet away and started talking to her friend. I was with an earshot and clearly heard her say, Ew, I would never work while pregnant, especially here. Fuck that bitch. And I immediately waddled to the fitting room and cried my eyes out. Oh, my Mm. God. Anyways, I work at a veterinarian boarding grooming place now, and I'm so happy to deal with mainly animal customers instead of people now. (laughs) I'm the grooming assistant, so I still hear some crazy requests and suggestions. Um, No, we can't make your giant Labradoodle look like a Pomeranian. Sorry. (laughs) I know you guys talk about tipping and just wanted to give a little shout out to say tip your groomers, too. Thank you, ladies, so much for the pod. Godspeed and good tips. Camille. Oh, God. I fucking hate people, first of all. I mean, I think we talk about that a lot. But, like, fuck anybody who judges anybody for a job that they're doing ever. just ridiculous. Can... Okay, this is nothing to do uh, with the podcast, and I'll try and make it brief. But a big thing that... Anytime I'm on Twitter and tweet something about, you know, uh, the current state of politics that I don't like or whatever, it's not just someone who can be like, hey, you suck and screw you for thinking that because I love the GOP and I love Trump or whatever. It is always coupled with why don't you stick to being a failed TV star? Um, Or they always say shit like, oh, so sorry, I guess you can't get a job because you're not talented and all this. Like they always make it about making fun of the way I make income Mm -hmm. and it delights them to no end to feel that um, like I've failed or I've fallen so far. And it's just like unbelievably cruel where to be honest I think the the notion is most of the time is that like someone you know who's a TV star and don't get me wrong this is true is more likely to be like gross who would do a job like that you know but the truth is so many people who just struggle really hard to get like a job in entertainment or whatever like we don't come from money right we got it off of working really hard for years after working really hard for years as a server and bartender so that I could pursue some other things I wanted and nothing is promised to any of us. Right. And so at the end of the day, doing anything and showing up and having a job is like one of the most noble, normal things you can do. And, and I just do not get like this like we're in a pandemic too and so like making fun of me for not being able to get a job is like that's everybody like how dare you like people love to work and whether I wanted to go back to a bar or you know even just get like some fun little something online gig here and there like 
people work because we have to, because we love it. And I just, just the idea too, of someone being like, I can't believe you would work while you were pregnant. Well, I think that's what I, I want to talk about too, is like, there's the way that pregnant women are treated is fucking crazy. It's like, there's, right. there's like this preciousness that like the, the pregnant body is, is fucking beautiful. It's, it's an amazing, like a beautiful thing, but then like, to the the other side of it to like put fucking pregnant women down and be like you can, you're weak you can't do anything you're pregnant where it's like giving birth is like one of the like you have to be so strong to be able to put yourself through that pain it's like when pregnant women can do fucking anything and to judge anybody for working i know women who work until they pop yes like and they and they that's all they want to do and they work harder and they push their body you know and not to mention and i i kind of and this is like going back to talking like being injured on the job it came to my attention and I do body work you know and like serving and bartending you put your body through a lot of work and strain but that's every job ever any job that you have you put your body into it whether you sit all day and you develop like a sore back you're 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 killing yourself (laughs) And you're hurting your body to earn a living, but there's also like a capital, and I don't want to get super political, but because of capitalism, because it's how the economy works. So it's like, you know, for people to put work down where you physically are like, it's more demanding you yourself, whatever job you have is putting a physical strain on your body as well. Right. And yeah, so I just, I just, and I know we We went on a rant. Wow, guy, where did we go? (laughs) That that opened, opened up something, but just anyone mocking people for having a job and anyone mocking someone being pregnant and working, we know that some of you, our listeners worked service industry while pregnant. So, and we want we want to know, um, you know, more about that if you want to write in, cause we want to do an episode about, you know, being a parent while, mm-hmm. while serving. So, and you know, I don't know if those are two different things, if there's like being preggers and serving as a whole episode and, or then, Oh, I mean, having- I, there's both. I mean, I know so many people, I think we both do that. Like they're pregnant and say waiting tables and then we'll like, and then a month later they were back and then they had a baby and they were waiting tables. It's just like, you just keep doing the things you normally did before you just now the kids outside you know just everyone acts like you're so gross because you're in a restaurant doing that and it's like why I don't this is what I do for a living was I gonna go get an office job with my administrative assistant resume I don't have that yeah go get a job where like men climb to the top and because I get pregnant that's like detrimental to my job with them because they think because like I'm yeah it's all fucked I can't it's all fucked you can't win you can't win Okay, this one is nuts. It's just really funny. It's really manic. And I have a feeling that this listener is a bit of a stoner, bro, but I love it. Okay, so I'm going to kind of read it like I feel like the listener sort of, you know, submitted it. He's like, hello, I'm a new listener, but I've already binged all your episodes and love the show. I'm currently experiencing a multiple day blackout due to a huge storm in my area. Figured it'd be a good time to write in about the longest shift of my life. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) It had been the summer between my first and second year of culinary school, and I was working as a, as a baker, barista, server, catering for a local businesswoman who owned two locations in my small Iowa town. Shout out, Iowa. Okay, like, on the day of the shift in question, I was working as a baker, 4 p.m. to midnight, to prepare for a wedding the next day. 
Then I worked 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. as a server in her cafe location across the street from the bakery location. You get me? Okay. (laughs) The workload was monumental. Cakes to be baked, pork to be marinated, loaves of bread as far as the eye could see, pies to be made from scratch, 400 antipasto skewers that I had to stab myself. I turned on... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just... I, I just love it. Like, pork should like, be marinated. <laughs> Cakes loaves of bread pork as far as be- I can see. <laughs> Bruh. I just stop them myself. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm loving the story so much. <laughs> so yeah, I turned on some David Bowie, got to work. By the time I had the last pie out of the oven, it was like almost 1.30 a.m. I still had to plastic wrap the baked goods, do my dishes, clean the kitchen. I decided then that I would also go across the street to the cafe to accomplish all my opening tasks and deliver the breads and pies. The cafe location was so small, it was in the basement of a Christian bookstore across the street. That is small. <laughs> Very odd, you know? They even had myrrh for sale around Christmas. Cool detail. I love it. <laughs> By doing this, I ensured I would be able to nap in the back until customers came for lunch. Hell yeah. So, yeah. So I used the key kept in the cash register at the bakery to let myself into the cafe shortly after 2 a.m. I turned all the lights on because it was a pretty creepy place to be in alone at night. Side note, we are sure both the cafe and bakery were haunted by previous owners. Nice. Nice side note. Okay. (laughs) I was nearing the end of my duties when I heard a knock on the door upstairs. I stood paralyzed in fear and exhaustion. Nobody in my small town was out that late and certainly nobody looking for a Christian bookstore. Am I right? Then I heard a harder knock. I knew I had to investigate. I dialed nine and then one on my phone and slowly walked upstairs to find a cop shining his flashlight in the window. I opened the door, asked, how can I help him? He explains that he'd never seen the shop lit up at night and thought there might be someone up to no good, to which I tiredly replied, I'm not up to no good, officer. I have pie. (laughs) He stares at me for a minute and I explain, I work at the bakery across the street and I was setting up for the morning shift and delivering baked goods. I invited him in to see the haphazard survey station and silverware yet to be rolled. He apologizes and buys a fresh slice of pie and tips $5 on a $4 tab. Very nice. Hell yeah. Finally, round four, I have the kitchen cleaned and I finally clock out for a whopping three hours before my next shift. After such a long shift, I decided to smoke a joint on my drive home since nobody would be out. At one stoplight, the same cop pulled up, pulled up next to me smoking, looked at my joint and waved. <laughs> You're good, bro. Three hours later and half conscious, I walked back into the cafe for a lunch shift. I told my coworker in the kitchen about the night before and snuggled into the $1,200 dollar <laughs> And snuggled into the $1,200 chair for sale in the back for a nap. <laughs> These are such weird details. Okay. My coworker woke me up around 1030 when customers came rolling in. Because of the Christian bookstore upstairs, the majority of our customers were elderly people who demanded scalding hot tea and charming presentation or some shit. I did my best to oblige the busy crowd, but could barely keep up. One couple seemed to act odd and stare at me as I took their order and brought their food. I did not have the time to care as other tables needed me. In the end, they left me a large tip and told me that Jesus loves me. Again, I did not have time to think about it. Shortly shortly after they left, the owner of the bookstore upstairs asked to talk to me privately. She asked me how my home life was. I said it was fine. I was living with my parents, but not, not much else to complain about. She then asked about my eye. 
I was growing impatient and so were my tables. So I asked, what about it? I turned to look in the mirror and I see that one of my eyes had gone completely bloodshot in the time between me leaving for work and serving the lunch shift. As it turns out, the couple thought I had a black eye from being physically abused and asked the owner to look into it. I then explained that the only abuse I was experiencing was not being paid overtime. And like a true boomer, she laughed it off. (laughs) At the end of the day, I went and smoked another joint and went home for a piping hot shower and a good hard sleep. (laughs) Sorry for the long story. I just felt like there were too many crazy details to leave any out. I love the show and stay great. Godspeed, good health, and even better tips, Alex. Oh, man. Alex, <laughs> I've got like nothing to say like, other than way to be you, Alex. I'm totally going to say things in the future. I'll be like, that guy's dick was so small that it was in the basement of a Christian bookstore. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like that's how small his dick was. Um, how teeners, tiners. Uh, this is just, I love this. He's just like working so hard and this happens and like, I love it. He's just like, whatever. I'm going to fucking smoke a joint and then bake by myself and get all this shit done. And I just go, go work, work, do, do, smoke joint, whatever. What a hooray what for a good, it. And I, I felt like he detailed very well the, like I felt the extremeness of his probably 36 hour shift. Oh, and yeah. it also goes to show how hard we work for probably not excellent pay, yeah. I would guess. But the pride that he clearly took in his job, hustled, was really ingenious about like, you know what, if I go get all my opening, you know, uh, side work done before the lunch shift starts, I can fucking sleep. You I gotta know? smoke a joint and sleep, you know, uh-huh. incentivize. Hit that hot shower. Yes. I love that. Stab some skewers, then burn a dube. <laughs> That's right. I mean, there's cakes to be baked and pork to be marinated. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm going to be saying some of these things for the rest of my life, Alex. I'm just telling you right now. <coughs> okay, guys. Our last story of the episode. Hi, guys. It's me again. When you read my story on air a few weeks ago, I about pooped my pants. We do that to people. So I decided to write you guys again about what happened to me this weekend. I've been working as a bartender at a craft cocktail bar restaurant on the Hermosa Beach Pier for about two years. As you can imagine, I have the pleasure of experiencing all manner of entitled assholes working here. (laughs) This weekend was unusually hot. While I was obviously wearing my mask and the humidity dome, a.k.a. my face shield, while working a busy brunch shift. Yes, it's fucking terrible. Um... I've been waiting on this two-top all morning and while they sat and drank their bottomless mimosas for several hours. I came back to check on them and saw the gentleman was bleeding pretty badly on his leg after picking a scab. Barf! Oh! (laughs) He goes on to tell me that he's on blood thinner and he bleeds like a stuck pig. He wasn't lying. It was a pretty serious mess. I tell him, I'll be right back with a first aid kit. After he's bandaged up, the woman proceeds to take all of his wadded up bloody napkins and then reaches out and puts them in my hand. I stare at her for a few seconds in disbelief. She says, you don't mind taking these, do you? 
I tell her I'll return with a pair of gloves. They look confused. These drunk champagne asshats really got on my last nerve. Why wouldn't this human trash can take our garbage filled with bloody fluids in the middle of a global pandemic? God damn it. Does this industry test me sometimes? I've got plenty more stories from my time in here, and I'll be sure to keep them coming. Godspeed and good health, Carly. Oh, my God. That's a I, that's a great story to end on. It's okay. And might I add, as a server in general, well before a global pandemic, you do not have to touch no. anyone's no. bloody... It is a health violation, yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. And you are not a human trash can. No, uh, you can bring you can bring them goods to dispose of it themselves, and then maybe once it's wrapped up, you know you could find somewhere to throw it out for them. But oh, I've never. I don't think I've ever said this on the show, and I don't even know if you know this, Brooke. But like, oh. if I have a paper napkin at a restaurant, I I hold onto it and throw it away myself because I don't want people like having to touch. Like, if, or sometimes I have to wipe my nose or anything like that that happens yes. or like blow my, because people do that and they just leave snotty rags or whatever. But if I cough and I mean, I, and it's just become habit that I typically will like hold on to it and then I'll find it later on in my pocket because I just don't want my server to deal with it. That's not, that is not weird. The minute it goes from wiping sauce and grease off of your hand, which is just food transfer totally fine you know it's gross we all know when you get a gross pile of napkins but yeah the minute you are spitting coughing blowing your nose that goes with you yeah or you go to the bathroom and you do it and it is yours to get rid of hot tip everybody oh yes i also i will also add and this is something i do like if i'm eating hot wings or something where i know i'm going to be going through several napkins I will mound them up specifically on something that I know someone barely has to touch and just be like, here's all the napkins. Sorry about the mess. I know their wings and they're messy, but that's just something that I've adapted that if any fluid that's inside my body is going to go on a napkin, I'll take care of my own shit. Thank you. Oh my God. You are a saint because (laughs) there, there are people who literally like you'll get to a, a you know a, a table with expended food plates and you're like I guess someone also decided to clean out their purse mm. oh and there's my like God. ripped up shit and like like an empty tampon wrapper just weird stuff hanging it's like servers are garbage cans right also it's like one thing to have to like clean up like bloody napkins if like someone like accidentally like something breaks and they break a glass but for someone to pick their own fucking scab and, and then expect you to like discard like their leaky thin blood that's going everywhere. That's not okay at all. Not on my shift. Oh dude. my god! Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you goddamn bleeder. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys. Well, that's it. That was our second uh, server-submitted story episode. We have so many amazing stories. We're so glad that we're able to do full episodes with these. Like Brooke said before, holy shit. Any Halloween-related haunted ghost murder spooky stories, please send them our way and we'll get on those in the next couple of weeks. And uh, show us your server veins uh, on Instagram. Um, (laughs) Show us server vein pride, people. Hashtag it. Uh, And yeah, uh, moving forward, if you've been enjoying these server submitted episodes, they will become bonus content on the Patreon. Yay, that Patreon. Go check it out. 
Well, we love you guys. Uh, we'll be talking to you next week. And you know what we say at the end of every episode. Godspeed. And good tips. And good health. And good fight, you guys. You got to get out there and get your ballots in the mail and know your voting plan. We love you. All right. Talk to you next week. Thank you.